0: Hello and you're very welcome to another episode of See You Yours with myself, Matt McGinn. I'm absolutely delighted to have as my guest on this episode, one of my favourite songwriters of all time. His name is David Hosking, he's from Melbourne, Australia. I've known him for about 20 years and I'm delighted to call him a friend and he's such an incredible talent. He's got eight albums out, I would recommend to you to go and check out every single one of them, whatever platform you use, be it Bandcamp, Spotify or go to his own website check out his album, check out his songs, I've I've put some songs throughout the interview and uh, I really hope you just get a a nice glimpse of the calibre of this man's songwriting. David very recently appeared on Cocoon's, a weekly lockdown session that is hosted by myself and Cormac Neeson and featuring artists all across the world and that's basically how we begin chatting about his experience on that. So enjoy, I'll see you at the other side.
1: Yeah, well, it was weird um, not having um, an audience in front of me. I I, I hadn't prepared myself for that. It felt really weird, and because it was the first time I'd done it, um, I'm not all that um, it, technically. Uh, I'm not a wizard when it comes to that sort of stuff. I had no idea whether it was working. But um, I, I don't know what I... You know how when I've watched them... Um, little hearts flowed up and little comments flowed up and all that. I couldn't see any of that so I don't know what I did wrong but not that I, I need to be concentrating on that anyway but and the the, pa- the power didn't go out so that was good because even the the modem up there in the corner of the the kitchen is uh plugged in.
0: But the sounds of it so, uh, Australia is sort of opening up a wee bit earlier is it? So I mean, you might yeah, go out and do a live gig soon enough.
1: for Ah, uh, no, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. Um, they're just my local pub has just the last few days opened up, but you have to you have to book and you have to eat, and there's only t- I think twenty twenty people or something like that, so I haven't bothered. Hmm. Um, but there's nothing about entertainment that I've seen. Um. I think uh, I think it's fifty people in an open space. I'm not sure. I haven't been paying attention because I hardly ever do gigs anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you'd you'd yeah. make them a, a special event, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. Well, the last um, last few gigs I've done in in Australia were when Ryan McMullen came over and so he got oh right. me to open for him. Yeah. And I did a house concert in January, which was really nice. Uh, I like them, uh, but um, apart from that, uh, the last gig I did before that was, in, I think it was in August when Ryan was out last. And I had, I did have one booked for May. Someone called me up and said, "Do you want to do a gig with me?" And that was all uh, organised, and just about start. We were just starting to uh, talk about it online and, and then the whole COVID thing happened. So that um fell through, but we'll do it again when it when it uh opens up. That's... Yeah. yeah.
0: What um, do you mind if, if I go back to the very, very, very start and, and ask you what um like where you're living now, in Melbourne, is that is that near to where you grew up or, or... Yeah, it's about it's about um
1: probably 20 miles 25 miles away uh um in a place called werribee but i'm I'm in a place called coburg now and have been for a few years quite a few years which is in in melbourne probably about i don't know 10, 10
0: miles from the center of the city and were you like the youngest or the eldest or i was in the middle in the so
1: south. i had two ab- two above and two below <laughs>
0: you were you sort of like myself in terms of, uh, like you put out. I, I think I put out my first recording when I was about, um, I don't know, thirty. And what age were you? You were probably about.
1: Uh, official recording was when I was when I was thirty, I think.
0: Was that the the four track mind or was that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what what were you doing up to up to that point? Were you? Were you...
1: Oh, I was recording well it was i asked my mum she what do you want for your birthday and i would have been about 15 and she bought me a little square tape recorder which um, didn't have a radio in it or anything it was just a just you you record and so that was my first experience of recording so i was recording into that for uh, a few years right up until i was about 20 and then i i 2021 i bought myself um the tascam 144 Lovely. the the, porter, the fir- i think it was the first porter studio or one of the very first and that was what, what what um so i'd used that for about 10 years and ended up putting out a record of some of those songs that was four track mind <laughs>
0: The songs that you hear on four track, mind, recorded on that Tascam. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Is, it's a massive sound.
1: Well, I had it. Well, did you know that Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska was recorded on the same machine?
0: Yeah. Well, I knew it was a Tascam. I didn't know if it was the exact same, but that's mad. I'm.
1: I'm pretty sure it's his. Was his that album was the one four four? I've been told or I've read it somewhere. I mean, Nebraska. But I'm not Na- sure.
0: Na- Nebraska. Would, sorry, to but Nebraska would be. I mean, like, I would say that I'm a massive Springsteen fan. I just don't like a lot of his stuff, but Nebraska is one, I think, one of the most incredible albums, you know. Mm, mm.
1: It's the only one I've got. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, but not because I, I don't like, I, I saw him live, um, probably in the mid eighties. I'm not sure when he was out here if, or if he's been again, I'm not sure. And he was amazing. Yeah. I, I would. I, I had a couple of friends who were massive fans and I didn't have any money, so they bought me a ticket and took me along to the, the Royal Melbourne Showgrounds. I think it was that. So it was an open-air um, concert outside. And, uh, yeah, I'd never seen anything like it before.
0: And that was it in the was, 80s,
1: uh, you said? I think it would have been about the just going from when I was seeing that, that couple a lot was, uh, would have been the mid-80s. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could,
0: saw him like seven or eight years ago and he was, and the energy from him and the band then were mental, like, so in the 80s, I'd imagine that was even...
1: Yeah, it was around the, t- whenever Born in the, uh, whatever that album was, that that song was on it, Born in yeah. the USA. Yeah, yeah. I just, rem- I just remember the beginning of that song at live and it was outdoor, it was outdoors and it was, and we were... It was, it was. It was the first time I'd been in a crowd where you couldn't move. It was so tight, even though it was outside, because people were put pressing forward and pressing forward, and um, uh, and it, when I can't even remember how that that song starts, but it hit you right in the stomach, and it just sounded amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A massive sort of like snare drum or something like that. There.
1: Yeah. Well, we got right in the right in the middle. So, we were sort of not far um f- far from the the sound desk wherever you know it was only a stone's throw behind us, and so we were in a good spot. We didn't need to get close. Vicky had a a really long telephoto lens on her camera, which she wasn't supposed to have but <laughs> um uh so she didn't mind that she couldn't get right up the front, but the sound was was amazing. Brilliant. That's the only song I remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's some song. I mean the mad the, the 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 thing I really have to respect about Springsteen, and the odd time I sort of taken on board in my own songs is that he uh, he he never he never sort of uh, he always manages to to get a lot of depth into the song in terms of he, he. sometimes if I write a song that I think is sort of melancholic. I have to almost treat it melancholically, whereas he'll sort of almost take a a, a song like that and dress it up in a way that, that the likes of Born in the USA where like thousands and thousands of people are, are chanting along, singing Born in the USA, whenever it completely means something the opposite. You know, so he manages to sort of, um, he manages to sort of get under the skin of an audience that wouldn't really sort of, normally be able to deal with the, the stuff that he's talking
1: about well and 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 some people even presidents have have yeah. uh, um not got the song and and had to be reminded by him himself later that you know I'm not, don't get me on your bandwagon i don't believe anything in you that you do yeah um this is what the song really means i'm paraphrasing of course uh, earlier on, um, I, I can't remember. Um, I think I've got like two songs, two or three songs that were recorded on that very first machine. I did have a whole lot of other songs that were on a tape, which I lent to someone, and they never gave it t- gave it back to me. But I'm, I, I've looked at. I, I think I threw the lyrics out in case someone found them after I died, uh, <laughs> and so I. I Imagine that the songs weren't very good. Maybe um, melodically there might have been some bits of it that were were okay, but um, lyrically they were, they were terrible. <laughs> so um, I can't really talk about those earlier songs. But then when I when I got the four track, um, I right from the very beginning, I I, I think I I um, I would record. A version of a song and if I was happy with it I wouldn't redo it um, and uh, but what I did similar to what your your other your your other friends said um, I it took me a while to when people wanted some of my songs that I'd recorded it on the four track I would um, mix to a, a, a cassette deck a normal mm-hmm. cassette deck and I didn't twig for for a few years that I could get myself another tape deck and instead of uh mixing it different or uh I would I would make it from the 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 master like I would yeah. mix a tape for them and uh so each one that I must have given to to people is all different yeah yeah and so then then I, then I realized um if I had another tape deck I could I could just copy the best mix. That. <laughs> so I wasted quite a bit of time before I tweaked. Um, yeah. What were you doing so for reverb
0: there?
1: I didn't have a reverb early, early on at all. Um, didn't think about that, or I didn't have the money. Um, and then I, but I do remember then, for whatever reason, thinking oh, I might get some, get a reverb machine. So I bought myself a a Roland DP5 I remember um going to I don't know where I saw the ad but I had to go to a sound check of a band called Boom Crash Opera who were an Australian pop band um and uh and I had to go to their sound check at the uh the Palace which is in St Kilda which is not there anymore and I had to go in there and and what buy it off him i can't remember how much it cost me but it's the only reverb machine i've got to this day it still and it's like, yeah i still use it i i'm use it now for for guitar um the electric guitar just to uh the delays are really good
0: is it? A di- it's a digital reverb is it oh, the sports, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, i guess it is roland d p5 some someone else can correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's digital very
0: good. yeah
1: well, what, what an analog one would would have tapes in it or something? Yeah, it? like a
0: we we yeah almost like a cassette tape style thing. Yeah, no, know?
1: there's there's no tapes in it, so it
0: must be must be digital. Yeah, and that's good. Um, and then whenever whenever you put out that that was just that was just was tape and vinyl. Then was it? Did you put out the when I place?
1: put the when I put the. Uh, four track mind out yeah. uh, uh, CD, cds were coming in and i could have got i could have put it onto cd but i couldn't afford to do both and yeah. i'd always wanted to have vinyl so i put it out it was a, the worst business decision i'd ever made because uh-huh. t- taking around taking it around to radio stations was a waste of time because they'd all got rid of their sure uh, of their, their turntables um but I also wanted to mention that um mixing that album with that machine I had to get it modified and it really was just a tape machine so we went in I had it um for outputs um built into it so we could so we could mix it four into indi- individual tracks because you could only mix from that thing in stereo so and you could only have one effect and and so we, I had it modified so we could just use it really as a tape machine, and it bypassed all the EQ and the uh, pan yeah. and all that sort of and the volumes, uh, and, I'm, and I imagine that's what um, what's his name did too. Um, uh, you know, the bo- yeah, well, I remember.
0: Yes. <laughs> I remember. I remember reading I remember that 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 it, it, that, uh, it definitely it, t- it took it took in, in the same way it took a guy in a studio that knew used stuff to sort of to really get it into shape. To, you know, it wasn't just a matter of of what he recorded was the end product. Okay, I but, yeah, but yeah. I mean, well, the performance was there, but just it took him to get the to get it sonically into a bit of shape. Um, yeah, well, he had he would have had
1: better mics than I did. I had, you know, um, uh, you know, they were they were all right, but um, and he would have, you know, he would have been. But anyway, he what what he did was similar to what I did. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, there's nothing on my on that album of mine that's um, any more than four four tracks. You can bounce it and bounce it and bounce it, and, yep, yep, but it yep. becomes becomes really compressed and hissy. And um, so I didn't have any drums, or it was just guitar and uh, um, harmonica and vocals and maybe harmonies mm-hmm. and maybe a keyboard on one couple of songs. One song I can't remember. Uh, so, but I I learned pretty quickly that if you do too much, much overdubbing on those things, it gets it gets a bit, you know, uh, lost. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the other, yeah, yeah But as so. I say, I
0: mean, it, it definitely still sounds massive. Like, I mean, you, you know, you're you know yourself, like one of my favorite songs. Years, black and gold. Like, I mean, I still think mm. it just it just sounds, you know, it's it just sounds massive. Like, you know.
2: I never shrank from the battle rage I never sang from a ten-foot stage In the way I've been to the ends of this earth And when the dream falls down And it's what it is down and poisons my day when the fire burns for black and gold. To the ends of the earth, I feel.
0: That that guitar that's on it now is that that's the one
1: that was stolen, is it? No, no, no. That's I've still got that guitar. Oh, that was right. my that was that was my first mate, and it was a it's an I think it's an F G or FJ, fg G one hundred. Um, I didn't have um the uh the ones that got stolen were prior to me having the four track, yeah, right,
0: a couple of years before that. And then, um, so, so then, slow runners. Would would uh, would you at the minute like would you almost count that your first official album or or would would four track mind still be kind of as the first? Yeah,
1: no. Four track mind is the first, because yeah. that's the one. That's the one where that's the the the. Um, I don't think none of the songs. Yeah, I'd written three songs uh, that didn't that aren't on that album, um, mm-hmm. which which were the first was the first time that I approached record companies and publishing companies because I thought you know these are these they'll like these songs but that didn't happen. So there was that song and there was a couple of other songs which I thought, you know, I'd let me uh, artistic guard down and, and, uh, and was join in the pack just to get a record deal. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, but, yes. Even, but, it, but, it, but even that didn't work, uh, it still wasn't commercial enough for them. Uh, and so that's why then, that's when I decided that I would put my own record out and went to the bank and got a, got a bank loan for three sure Rose. No, 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 for um, for track mind.
0: Oh, right. So that was that because I I remember hearing the the crack about the about the bank loan, but I thought that was for slow runners. Very good. What? T- no, t- no, no, no. T- <laughs> I, I
1: I went back to the bank because I paid it paid the first loan off really quickly, and I went back to the bank, but he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't there anymore. And, the, and 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 at this stage, I'd got myself a a full time job and was uh. Uh, a normal person for the first time in my life and and even then they and i didn't tell them i was going to put a record out like the first guy uh but they they said no sorry not giving you any money so uh i actually i didn't have a full-time job um i was working solidly but uh and then they offered me a full-time job so i took it so i could save up to put slow runners out
0: in terms of uh using using uh, using his faith against
1: him oh the, fir- the the first one he had um uh religious kind of symbols <laughs> on it on the on the with photos of his family and they all sort of look pretty straight and everything so i i i said that's when I said uh, God told me to do it you know it's a little <laughs> bit uh i think it's a cliche but it worked, but um, that's probably why I wasn't there the next time I went back.
3: <laughs>
1: might, might might work in some American states,
0: yeah. Some so. parts of
1: conservative Australia, but not not um
0: not where I live. Like what happened up? Because you would have been thirty or so by the time that mm. that's that that even four track we would have been out. Would that be right?
1: Yep, that's right.
0: So what what was it that what was it that all of a sudden just like that, you know, Big Bang where, where the songs started really coming or were the songs always there but you they just weren't up to that level?
1: No. Um I've I've got some good songs prior to that. I think they're good songs. And I've got good recordings of them and I'll send you that song and there's lots of others but It was a matter of it hadn't occurred to me, and probably a lot of people, that uh, uh, it wasn't that hard to put a record out. I mean, prior to Four Track Mind, I was selling cassettes, you know, the the ones where they were probably mixed um, a little bit differently because I was doing them one at one at a time. And then when I realised if I got myself that other cassette player uh, and had two, I could. You know, uh, n- not mass produce them, but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, not spend as much time. And so I used to sell those at um, at gigs or give them away, mostly. And uh, so th- it's, there are people out there that have still got those those tapes, and none of those songs are, are on uh, any of the albums. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
1: so so yeah, I I always. You Know there there are some that I'm sure are on those tapes which would, where, where I in hindsight I think be thinking, you know, hope they they never put them out. Um, you know, but um, it's not just the songs, it's, it's the sound of my voice or or you know, not being uh in my own shoes mm-hmm. just yet. You know, uh, you know, I'm sure that they're. Uh, some good good moments, but
0: um, well, in, in terms uh, of your yeah. voice, like, what I mean, like, when was that you discovered that the range that you have?
1: That was, I always had it, but then I started to lose it because I, I was uh, I was singing incorrectly, mm-hmm. and um, some people never have to have lessons, but I was one of the ones that uh, that was would would wear my voice out um, you know if i had three or four gigs a week because i used to do a lot more gigs and most of them were you know just me and guitar mm-hmm. and 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 then and then when i was in a band uh i i had to you know um learn that craft as well and and learn how to use monitors and and and. Um, uh, and I would wear my voice out mostly in the band gigs because mm-hmm. uh, we were allowed. Like we were, we we did do some acoustic stuff, but there was a lot of uh, really heavy stuff as well. And and so then, because I was wearing my voice out, it never occurred to me to have lessons. But I was um, uh, the only way that I, I thought I could copyright my songs was. Uh, Get them signed by a justice, justice of the peace, <laughs> and 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 uh, one particular day I I found a justice of the peace, and he was a jeweller not far from my house, and and uh, so and my and the bass player in the band at that time could could uh, write write it down the the melodies down on uh, on music paper, and and so I had that, and I walked in, and I had th- that, and then I had a separate page with the lyrics and went in and, and the, the, the shop assistant um, was looking at the music and she turned out to be a, a, a singer and she was going and having lessons with this particular woman and she was asking me about it and, and I just mentioned that I was having a bit of trouble with my voice at the time and, and she said, why don't you come to one of my lessons? So that's how I met Mira, who's sadly passed away now. Um, and she taught she taught me how to sing in a way where I wouldn't wear my voice out but she also gave me that higher range and, and a lot more not uh, more in the lower range as well
2: Could I tread world peace for you or Could I rest in your arms if I Your skin and your kiss was worth the pain of the fight you once and the buried slain. Yeah.
0: Very good. How long how long did you keep that up with, with her for? How long did it take oh. for it to finally start clicking?
1: It took me a while uh, because she was getting me to sing arias. <laughs> you know, I, I said I don't want to sound like an opera singer. Please, I don't want to sound like. She said, I, "I promise." She was um, from the Ukraine, uh, and uh, um, and she's she's promised me she wouldn't, but, but she would get me to sing those really really difficult a- arias, and I was terrible like i thought <laughs> there's no way am i going to be able to sing these songs but it was because they didn't know how to sing because they're really really hard to sing yeah and, yeah um so i think i started going to her uh well the, that band finished up in 1987 and that's when i was losing my voice so it would have been around or about that time that i started and i lived on that side of town the opposite to where i live now and and so I was going to her once a week, probably for 87, 97, uh, probably till two thousand and seven. Probably twenty years. No way. Once a week. It's just like going to the gym. Hmm. Um, and uh, and then I stopped. I stopped going really because I I moved away, and it was too, I used to travel from this side of town because I used to love it because. We became good friends too. She sort of—I was like a, a grandson to her because mm. she was quite already quite elderly, um, and, uh, she, um, and she and lo- she she wanted me to come, and she didn't charge charge me all that much, and um, she just liked to catch up and make sure that my voice was in good condition, and. Mm. Um, help me when I was having problems and 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 getting me to sing songs that I would never have sung. Not just arias, but you know another example is because she she lived behind the Iron Curtain for for a long time and uh, she she would put songs in front of me. Like I remember putting my way in front of me once, and I was going, "Oh, I don't want to sing this," but I'd pretend because I never wanted to disappoint her. And I re- even remember, like I said before, about those arias singing my way and and um having frank sinatra in my in the back of my mind and and thinking i'm terrible at this you know uh, and not enjoying that she she was a really good piano player too so uh, she she was she she had a lot of soul so if if um she would do her best to give me the right accompaniment accompaniment but um even that song I found difficult to sing. Even though you know every drunken va- father sings it at their child's twenty-first. If not, maybe not now. But um, uh, and and but and all of them would have done a better job than I did that first time. But I got better at it as as I I I learned to sing. You know, because when you I think for me anyway, when you're not worrying about anything else, then you it's. Much easier to put your soul into it if everything else is just um, happening naturally. Yeah,
0: man. No, I mean, that's it's. I wonder, it it uh, being as you say from the behind the iron curtain, there's a good chance that song meant an awful lot of, you know, an awful lot of something to her, and and, you know, that that maybe she was getting a wee kick out of it every time you sang it to her. You know,
1: well, she she would have these songs. Um, she, w- I remember her opening it up putting it on the piano I'm, I'm rolling my eyes be- behind her because I would sing sort of off to her side um, never let her see my disappointment at whatever she put in front of me but she she would say David I have found this beautiful song I, a, a man I've never heard I've called Frank Sinatra sang this song and, and I'm, I'm going yeah I've heard it I've heard it uh, <laughs> but she, she was hadn't heard a lot of this stuff Mm-hmm. Um so and there were other there were even some Irish she got me to sing Danny boy once and she'd never heard that before mm-hmm. and she had a cu- couple of other Irish songs as well which she thought had beautiful melodies and she'd never heard them before so it was a, it was a, a beautiful relationship but it was funny at times
0: well i wonder though would it have helped you i mean but like both those songs you mentioned my way and Danny boy um the range in those songs are you know the are pretty. It really takes, you know, sung properly, not by like a, a drunken father at a karaoke or 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 a St Patrick's Day is special. You know, it's it's um like they are both. You know, they have incre- they've incredible ranges and and but also in those two songs in particular, in particular, Danny Boy, the actual melody and the construct of the melody is, is uh, I mean, it's 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 just absolutely beautiful. You know, so I wonder would you have got, uh, as much from her in terms of melody and songs as as how to sing them yeah yeah i got a lot i got a lot because um
1: i I remember a a lot of those arias or a lot of the songs that she she would get me to learn or sing along with had three sections in them Mm -hmm. or roughly three sections and and i can't remember which was the first song that i ever wrote and i just thought wow i've got a song that just doesn't have a verse and then a sort of a a squiggly bit in the middle which they call the middle eight you know slow it up or, or you know nothing really happens it's just um a groove or something which is nothing wrong with that but then I, I i started to write more and more songs that had three parts uh distinct parts which would stand on their own um and uh and not only that, because I got more of a range, I was able to uh, that developed my sense of melody. Because uh, I'm not like one of those. If, if say if I couldn't sing, <coughs> um, there's some writers that can uh, get those melodies anyway because they just write them down on, pe- on the on the on this the manuscript, uh, and they know that. know who they're writing it for and they know that they can hit that note or or uh something like that but i was able to do the note instantly and then more more importantly also was that the bottom range you know i i got uh i got um was able to get down a lot lower too and you know you pick the guitar up and you don't know you're going to write a song um and you if you can play Chords anywhere, or playing any different key, and within reason, human reason, and you can hit those notes. You find those notes. Then when you're improvising or fishing around for the song, uh, you um, you it's a lot easier to get it because you've got that range. And because for me, writing songs is just like jamming with myself. Mm. And I don't, you know, I don't know what's coming next, and, and 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 until you hear it, like something happens. Sometimes it's a mistake, which sounds good, or you find a different tune uh, in the same tuning because I used to use a lot of tunings, and and you, it's like a, having another instrument, and you you can play different chords. You know, like for example, that uh, that song um, you. Uh, I don't know whether you played or sang on it, but you helped me record it on down every street. Um, Curve of your heart. Oh Do you yeah, remember that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had just been playing another song uh, in the house, uh, which was off Sleeper called Where She Goes. Mm. Same tuning, and that's it. That's a delicate finger picking song. That original one off Sleeper, uh, and. Somehow I just was mucking around and, and that that uh, uh, chord, um, and then uh, with that opening chord, and uh, before I knew it, I was riding right Curve of Your Heart. She
2: wants, and I want, and we want love.
1: So it's the same, same, different tunings open up other doors too and being able to sing um, higher and lower and without wearing your voice out and mm-hmm. being free, you know, uh, means you come up with more and more melodies.
0: But even, even the, like, I, I was listening, uh, I've been through some of your stuff again last night and I was, I thought, I must ask him where he got his, his like, classical training because it does sound like when you, you listen to an awful lot of your melodies the way that your songs can sort of modulate into different keys and even um just wee techniques you use like you were saying about the the, the almost that ABA but even like our three part but even like you know your sort of tears to Picardies and stuff like that I mean it's all but yet the way you're talking most of it probably came from the likes of those lessons it's just wee things that maybe subconsciously Get stuck in there.
1: I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I was fortunate uh, sharing a, a bedroom with my two older brothers who were the one above me was, I think, four or five years older than me, and the other one was five or six years older than me. And so they were, they were, they both had different tastes too. So well, the oldest one w- would, um, Play classical music as well as the moody blues and Procol Harum. No, Robert played P- Procol Harum, um, but it, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Johnny Cash, uh, um, and then the Beatles, and 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 uh, and then Robert would what Robert would play? Jimi Hendrix and the Who and uh, all these other, you know. Uh, heavier bands so i was getting it all just laying in my bed supposed to be going to sleep and they would be doing their homework and and listening to these records at the other end of the room and i did f- eventually fall asleep but i fell asleep listening to that kind of music mm-hmm. um and uh and so not only not only mira but but that as well um it inspired me i'm sure And and or made me uh, gave me a little bit of an encyclopedic knowledge of of good good songs like what what I thought at the time were good songs. I probably didn't like all of them, but um, and uh, so even though I was young, it would have been it's it never leaves you. Even though I don't um, think about any of those songs when I'm writing, unless I. Probably play something I think Well, oh, gee There was a, something I was doing the other day On the guitar And I was I was playing uh, I had Instead of Having it playing You know how you do A drop D mm-hmm. On the E string I Was um, I was uh, Watching TV And whenever the ads Come on, come on I turn the Sound off And I pick the guitar Up and and I thought I'd tuned it to a, a drop D, but I'd actually tuned it to a, a, a drop D flat. So I had the D, the bass string was a D flat and the, the normal D was a D. And I'd been fiddling around with something, um, playing something that, uh, one of my songs, you know. And, <laughs> and then when I went to, then I turned the sound off the TV and I went to play it again, I got another chord. And I went, what the What's going on here? And but I and I knew that there was something wrong. I thought I had it in drop D, but it was in drop D flat. And of course it was a little bit atonal or something, but it was a chord that I knew I didn't make up. I could hear it in a in a song. And I, I kept playing it each time the ads came on. I kept playing just this one chord. It was only the top three strings or something. And it took me it, the next day i didn't change the tuning on the guitar i i was determined to find out what this chord was and i figured out it was out of a kate bush song oh and it's just one chord like three notes but i can't remember it might have even been wuthering heights i'm not sure because i don't have any of her records but i it that's that's what i'm talking about like that one i could never have gone well this is an interesting chord i think i'll try and use this in a song because I I figured out that it wasn't my chord. <laughs> I haven't I didn't make that up. Every, every time, if I try if I persevere with it and try and get away with it, someone will come up to me one day after You can say, you know, that chord you just played. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like you know.
0: But then in the same <laughs> way, in the talking about chords, because I mean the like scrap, for example. Like that that first chord and scrap is, is to me it's not the same chord, but it's it's the same impact to me as the likes of like Hard Days Night or something like that. And I might like I i probably the first time I heard it, I, it probably made me sit up in the same way. Like that's your chord. Yeah. You must you yeah, must have you, loved fainting the likes yeah. of that.
1: And you're not the first person to say that uh, another songwriter I ran into told me that he said uh he was driving along uh Victoria Parade in, in Melbourne And he that, that chord came on And he, he said he, he had to pull over to, to listen to the rest of the song Because as you know it's just a big strum
2: Well she took My heart To a Traitor in metal She said it's heavy It's hard And on what price can we settle? He said, slow down, slow down. To me, your heart is worthless. Slow down and look around. My wares are only precious.
1: I think it's just an E major chord, but, but probably, you know, because I don't read music, I don't really know, um, I, and I haven't analysed it like sat at the piano and gone, which
0: no, does it. But there's probably yeah, you no, know, there's there's definitely something funny in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, was, I was I was just listening to the g- again last night, scrap, and uh, like I mean. I, like it, it must obviously be a song that, that, that you can see resonating with people. Yep. Yeah,
1: people people do like it. <laughs>
0: I, re- I, I remember
1: when, when I recorded it, uh, I was in a really, really good studio and I was, I was actually in the drum room where it was really bright and acoustic and I had a beautiful view. Well, I wasn't actually looking at the view, but I could turn around in between takes I don't even rem- remember how many takes I did, but Lawrence Maddy was the co-producer of that album, and Adam Rhodes, who went on to record half of Sleeper, um, both really, really great engineers and producers. Um, they they got the sound, and that 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 yeah. was the um, the F G one hundred and two. Mm. Which was a re- which is a really good recording guitar because it's really tight. Yeah, and uh, if you can get and um, anyway, it was in a live room and, and and but I remember it being really really noisy. There was a lot of air in the room, and they must have had I don't know, but they got rid of that all that in the mastering, which was which was good. It was a, probably a, a really good ribbon. Neumann mic or something, and it was oh, picking yeah. everything up, thing up in the room. And to be honest, I don't really know, but it had this yeah, yeah, sound. And um, the mastering guy, uh, Don Bartley, just I forget what they call it, Sonic Solutions or something. They probably got something else now. And he just found the frequency and got rid of it without taking any of the the oomph out of the song. Although that yeah. song. Appeared on a, I uh, know oh I can't remember now. Can't remember. It it was mastered by someone else, um, for an EP or a single that I did, and and he took all life out of it. The whole the whole um fortified was on it too, off um another album and and masterings. Um, Equally as important as every other stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Was that was that perhaps the there was? I remember one stage you talked about. Maybe it was coming over here or something. We had a compilation done. Uh, no, yeah. that was that was different. I made that one myself. Just copied songs right.
1: off albums, and there might have been. I don't think there was any demos or anything on it. No, this was a, a a single that I I put out. Um, it was. Oh, it was a long time ago. It was a it was a song about um the French were were uh uh exploding nuclear bombs in the Pacific somewhere. And so I wrote a song about it and I thought it would be topical and it might get some airplay. Totally ruthless calculating bastard that I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I was found out and no one played it. <laughs>
0: no. They just they didn't play it. But the, stop, the stop sad, dropping, but the stop dropping bombs,
1: did they? Uh, probably because they just ran out of them. Or <laughs> people started rioting in France because they didn't have any money. I don't know. Um, during that, we recorded Scrap as because well we had time. It didn't take long to do that song. So yeah, 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 yeah. they said, what else you got? And so the band and I played another song, uh, which was new. And I think they heard it in the studio for the first time, and that's called the river. And I only remembered that song the other day, and um, and I remember th- th- thinking, "Well, we'll do this again probably one day." But I also remember Lawrence, the the co-producer, saying, "Gee, that's a good song. That's a good song. Why don't you put that one out instead?" And I shoulda, because it was a good song. But it's somewhere in the box. Hmm. Uh, it probably even on. Uh, two track, uh, I mean two inch tape, because uh, that was all recorded to two inch tape. That, that that those sessions, um, uh, yeah, and that's when Scrap was done in that same session. So I think we did three songs hmm. in that in that afternoon. That's class.
0: Yeah. I mean, Scrap, Scrap yeah. to me is the 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 first, but not the first one, but it's it's the one to me that um. Like you've you've got a couple of different ways, different ways of tackling songs. Some of it could be sort of through, uh, like a long sort of first person narrative, and some of it could be sort of a a very abstract sort of thing. But I think scraps, one that that really takes all of those things and just it's like a, it's like a narrative, but it, it's a beautifully abstract sort of narrative, and just the way the shape and everything is just so. Unique. That, Thank you. Uh, but um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's why it. It's just I don't know. It's it's definitely as close to being like a perfect song as as I think you can get. Not you, but any sort of songwriter in general. Wow, well, that's a big big um, compliment, Matt. Thank no. you very much. I remember being in Cyprus, and I used to love going to this place and watching their... The way they sort of dance. They have these sort of like real late night proper Greek, old Greek sort of dances. Like but every this is a very long winded way of asking the question. Every song or every melody, traditional melody, has a dance that goes along with it. Listening to your stuff as well, it's like a lot of the times there's never the, the song without the accompaniment. Uh, like a lot of a lot of people probably ask you which comes first, the song or the lyrics. But to me, like the guitar part as 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 much an important part as the song and the lyrics to you anyway, is that would that be the case?
1: Yeah, and sometimes to my detriment, I think. Uh, trying to, you know, get an interesting guitar part and which is getting in way of a groove. Getting in the way or it's, it's the right guitar part but it's not played right. <laughs>
2: put my hand inside your shirt and kissed right down the line
1: you, you know your um into uh, that and and I, I don't know it's i don't know where uh i i dropped the ball like when i i said earlier that i was laying in bed listening to some of the best grooves uh that I would ever ever have heard or listening to there would have been key ingredients in all of those songs that I thought were amazing but I for, for whatever reason lack of mentoring or just not knowing anybody uh, I didn't I didn't grasp everything about what makes a good song laying in my bed looking at the looking out at the stars and listening to I, I, I didn't understand why it was such a good song It just had a good melody And uh, I didn't listen so much to the bass or the drums Or what they were doing and contributing to the to the song I didn't think of it like that And it's, a, it, it's so there's that And I also been, even remember being younger And sitting on my grandpa- grandparents' um, porch with my brother Peter We used to sing all the time together And... We would sing Beatles songs, but we would never do the harmonies. Neither of us had worked out or been told, "Why doesn't one of you do the harmony?" <laughs> you know, and we didn't work it out ourselves. Like, why is that? Why? 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 If I if I'm a, a musician, why did it take me so long? You know, to and, and of course then later, you know, the first person I ever harmonized with was myself when. I would when I got the four track, yeah, and it came it came really uh, easy easy to me. S- similar to siblings, a really good singing together. But Peter and I never said, "Why don't you take the that one, the third, and or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. why don't you do Paul's voice and I'll do John's voice or George's <laughs> voice?" You know, we never worked it out. But like, we were little though, like probably six or seven.
2: Well, they made you walk in front of soldiers, and they kissed you your tear on my shoulder, and you're 33 years, and then you rose above the crowd and every soul that ever lived, and as many. One of them must have been the inventor of I But how do I?
1: I remember my grandmother my ma- maternal grandmother loved music, and uh, we would go in and she would say, "Lovely singing, boys, because we weren't fighting or we weren't getting up to any trouble. We were just sitting on the veranda um with our legs dangling over the edge and and looking down the valley and and singing maxwell' silverhammer and boys oh, oh bloody oh bloody it was swearing and um and and she loved it, uh, and she would tell us when we came in.
0: That's a yeah. nice uh, that's a nice picture to have, even in my head, never mind yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but, but the, it became really obvious to me. you' talking about the guitar parts. Yeah, I I would hold recording um, sessions up because I couldn't get that guitar part right, or a part in the song that I thought was really important. That something the guitar did didn't work because something the bass player or the drummer was doing or someone else was doing. And I couldn't work out who was wrong. All I wanted to do was play this thing that sounded, so bloody good in my bedroom or at home. It, and, and it could have been the simplest, uh, you know, behind the beat thing or, or in front of the beat thing or a mute that sounded, was integral to it, you know, uh, and i would hold sessions up and and i i learned in the end that um that what i thought was so important you know most of the time wasn't i'd get it into songs if i didn't have a company. Then. um and you know I, i'm not saying that this happened with scrap but uh what if someone what if a producer in the studio um said to me When i was recording scrap and i wanted to do that sort of open chord which is could be could be just me after doing all that tuning on stage just going strum to make sure it's all in tune the producer could have said to me and if i'd been vulnerable and not strong-willed said it's a really good song david but i don't think you need to do that thing at the beginning because it sounds like you're just seeing if it's in tune (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but yet, most people, most people have it as their what, do you, what did you call it before? What happened? At, the uh, Hard days. Night? And that's that's just a, that's just normal tuning, isn't
0: it? Oh no, no, it, there, there, it, it is it is a chord uh, like he plays somewhere up on the fifth fret or something like that. If I remember rightly? Okay, but um, but I mean that's that's the problem these days is that is that it's it's so easy to to press. You know, uh, undo or something like that before anything has a chance to sink in. Like, you know, so a lot of producers and stuff, you know, y- you can just end up going, Do you remember I did that that thing? And they're going, Oh, I that, oh no, I mean, I, I, I tidied that up and it's gone, like, you know, because it's yeah. so easy to, to delete stuff. Whereas, you know, you've, you I suppose, and especially in doing the demos, you allowed stuff time to process that, that gave you that bit of. Confidence then Going into the studio To say No I think You know This is pretty much How it's gonna This is how it's gonna Work you know
1: Yeah and There's a There's a place for that If you're Prince You know Or 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 if you If if you have All these other skills That I I don't have um, Arrangements But Pretty much Pretty much most 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 of the songs On my albums um, you know, the verse and the choruses and the, the middle bits or or, or whatever um, uh, are much exa- exactly like I wrote the song. It's just, I don't think there's any songs that uh, I've got. I remember someone saying... Uh, I'm trying to think of the song. It was on... Um, uh, the biggest record company in the world. One of the songs on there, I remember Lawrence saying, "This is a really good song, David, but why don't you get rid of a couple of the verses?" <laughs> I think it was him, or it was someone else. I can't remember. And he asked it really nice, asked me really nicely, and I said, "No way," because the story's gone for me if that if that happens, um, uh, and no one's. It, I remember w- when we were doing Down Every Street in uh, Belfast, I was struggling to get uh, all over, the yeah. groove of all over.
2: If I could burn time If I could collect it all i
1: make it there I'm not even sure whether we got it on the album. Um, and in the end, we, we gave up. And you were fishing around in your bag, and you, you you got out the demo that I'd done, and it was as simple as me listening. Ah, oh, I've got the accent in the wrong spot on the on the acoustic guitar. Um, and and so then we did, we got it, but um, uh, I wasted a lot of our time that night because I I because I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. I just was uh, playing putting the accent on the wrong beat. Um which was holding everything up
0: <laughs> well that's the thing, and I mean no, 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 but i mean it's it's it goes to show that that, that preparation before going to the studio i mean is is key because in the studio as soon as you're as soon as you're surrounded and that's why it's as, it's it's as, as important in the studio to be surrounded not by good musicians but by by good people with the right temperament that that I don't know you just it's 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 always going to throw you off like you know, having yeah. something that's been so secluded and so isolated, and you're now bringing it into a room with about seven other people who all have their own opinions and stuff, and and it definitely, it definitely can throw you. But I, I um, see the likes of see the likes of the biggest record company in the world, um, mm. like I mean we've sort of completely bypassed their um Jacks boy, which I'm sure we'll will get back to at some stage, but um, like that, that that sounds to me like that's that's the first time that you're really. Like I love Jack's Boy, and but it sounds to me like that that's the first time that you're having fun in the studio. Jack's Boy or biggest uh, big, record, biggest record company.
1: Yeah, it's a di- completely different album to Jack's Boy. Yeah, and, and we spent we spent a lot more time on it, and there's a lot of songs that didn't make it onto the record. Which one <laughs> day,
0: <laughs> I think we recorded about recorded about twenty three songs. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Because it's like it's, um, it's, it's what seven six or sixteen or seventeen songs long, all of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Seventeen, I think seventeen songs, or eighteen if you count the the the, the secret track. Or I've, I can't remember, but
0: oh well, that, there was some I, others. Like I, I, that's is the reprise. Is 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 that? There's the oh, well, I know the secret track. Of course, that's about God. I haven't listened. A, that's the worst thing um, about bloody Spotify. You miss out on all the secret tracks. I'm gonna to have to hunt well, out
1: the C D It's my fault. I, I, I thought I
0: thought I had put the reprise on Spotify. You no, know, the reprise on Spotify, but but were you not talking about the one what's the one Backbone? The river. A different album? The one that the one that's about seven or eight minutes long? The one that yeah, you that sat that, at, ele, ele, ele,
1: eleven minutes long. Le, um <laughs> that you sat up all night
0: before you sang it or whatever was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's that's
1: back, backbone river off sleeper. Sleeper, it's on, right, 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 To the end of the world where the edges curl and you're falling. To have a look, Jimmy Cook came calling. With the bright red coats and sails like ghostly warnings. Spied some smokes who dropped a boat that morning. But another man above the sand and water... Stood and watched with his sons
2: and daughters. Who and how and why the kids kept asking. He said, "Just run and
1: tell your mother that they've got white skin." Eleven minutes. at it, it's um, a condensed version of Australian history. Yeah, um, including, uh, including very very quickly a couple of verses to. The sixty thousand years of um, indigenous um, habitation. Yeah, yeah. I mean um, that. So, 11 minutes is not that long.
0: A, on a on a on a side note, and maybe we shouldn't go down that there, but I mean, like, what what's what's uh, how how's Australia feeling about this past two weeks, like, in terms of uh, what's happening in America and stuff? We've we've had marches here
1: for that as well. Um, because uh, because of that, it's it's been it's been a, a, sp- a springboard for a reminder to white Australians that there's nothing different happening here to what's happening in America. In a way, much worse, because it's it's even more secret and more prevalent, and never gets onto the onto the news. Yeah. I don't like to speak for the people, the original people of this country, who are still um, suffering just like they did at the hands of white people. It's not—it's their place to talk for them, but for themselves. But it—it um, uh, it has. I'm not—I'm not sure if it's a good thing that it's uh, had to take, you know um George Floyd Floyd's murder to create a space for uh my um my brothers and sisters here of um colour. I don't think it's good that it that took something in America, um, to to open up this can of worms again or put it front and square in front of us white people. But it has, and that's a good thing. And uh and typically the the politicians, the uh, conservative politicians, are uh, doing their usual thing and and trying to uh, uh, ignore them and mm-hmm. uh, demean demean them and belittle them and and uh, hopefully and they hope it'll go away. You know, I mean, it's important to remember that there's been over 400 Aboriginal people here. Murdered, uh, in one way or another, in the last uh, twenty nine years since the Royal Commission into uh, the inco- uh, you know the high proportion of Aboriginal people in prison and compared to the general population and and their their deaths in custody, and not just in custody, but you know, um, it's 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 incredible that. The world doesn't know about it, not just um not just that part of it, but their their uh, their health and medical and just their living standards are just way 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 um below me and my like yeah so it's 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 been incredibly painful for them i'm sure but um it's it's helped them to. A, get a get get a, a deserved platform again,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Hmm. And let's just hope that the politicians don't uh, and the and the and the, the the CEOs of the multinational companies that don't want to stop ripping their lands apart and destroying their 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 places of worship apart, uh, and you know the Rupert Murdoch. I was going to say the Rupert Murdoch's of the world, but there's only one now um because of his uh, uh um ability to get rid of the competition uh, if they if they win again uh, I don't know what will
0: happen,
3: yeah
0: yeah, but uh, the problem is is that. Between, I'm sure your conservatives, our conservatives, uh, Trump, all the the sort of they they fight dirty, especially in elections. So, anyway.
1: they fight dirty by pretending to be not. Um, it's it's ironic, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's, but it's become it's become uh, blatantly obvious now. You know. <laughs> to the point where nobody believes anything they say and now that if they're going to vote for someone like Donald Trump and uh and it makes you, um, you know, I I kind of think that it it had to happen you know mm. he's of he's going hopefully going to do a disservice to that way of running the world because he's the the uh caricature of, of uh of That way of life and that way of running the world and that way of destroying lives, yeah.
3: I hope F- to I hope fill you're their right. own
1: pockets,
0: but I don't know. No,
1: I'm <laughs> never, I'm never right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here, speaking of uh, speaking of being uh, you know, um, uh, the the I suppose after effects of colonialisation, um, bigger than England, how did the, was that was that just one of yeah. those? Moments when you picked up the guitar and that came out, or what?
1: You know, I can't remember. I, I, I do re, I do remember that I'd been to a place um, to see an ex-girlfriend, while well, we were still a couple at the time, but she, she moved to a place called Catherine, which is in the Northern Territory. And and I was, you know, uh, in my early 30s, and I had I'd never been to a place like, to the real outback before. And uh, and that was the first time that i I remember travelling on the train from Adelaide because we had to catch the train from Melbourne to Adelaide and then the train went as far as Alice Springs, which is in the centre of Australia. And uh, and then there's a long bus trip, I don't know, 15, 16 hours. And when I got to Alice Springs, that was the first time that I'd seen my own eyes um racism like in your face it was it was um what happened shocking and uh, um oh i remember the first thing i saw, the first people to welcome us were two young aboriginal girls who could st- looked at us as we got off the bus we were wandering around looking at our maps Trying to find where we'd booked our hotel or whatever it was, and they just walked up to us and said, "Are you lost?" And and uh, we we said, "Yep." And and they said, "Where where where's what's the name of the, the hotel?" And and uh, and they said, "We'll show you." And so they walked in front of us, and just when we got to the hotel, they said, "There's your hotel, mate." And and then they walked off. So the first people in the town were were the the uh, indigenous people, and they w- welcomed us. And then I remember, um, I know that no, that was a, a different time. No, the, the, the Alice Springs wasn't where I really saw any races because we were only there one night. The other thing that happened was I was ca- I was. Got to catch. I was. I came back on my own. My mate stayed up there, and uh, I had to um, go to the supermarket to get myself some bread and cheese and stuff, just because it's such a long trip. You know, I forget how far on the train, but you know, at least ten or twelve hours. I can't remember. So I when I was in the supermarket and I had my bag and I had my guitar, and I'd bought my cheese and I'd bought my bread and and um, I was about to walk out and this. Um, a aboriginal woman said to me and her name was rosie because i i found that out later and she said um you got a guitar you play that thing and i said yeah and he she said you come with me and uh so i um i followed her and i followed her just like i followed the the two young girls yeah. with my with my mate darren and we ended up on the on the banks of the uh, Todd River which is this river that goes through our Springs which is dry no water in it for most of the so, year um, and we sat on the edge of the um, river and uh, and we sang I, I had and um, uh, and they they had some wine and they shared their wine with me and I shared the bread and um, my, my cheese and I think I had some other stuff as well and and before and then i i was feeling killing time before the train left as well and and in that couple of hours um they started with her and then her friend and before i left there was about 10 of us and they were all all just sitting around singing singing the only song i remember is singing i'm sure they put up with a couple of my own songs i hadn't written bigger than england by that stage uh i remember us singing um Swing low sweet chariot, mm-hmm. and well, they were they were doing the harmonies, and that it was amazing. And yeah, it was. So that was my first. You know, and these were um, uh, um, tribal people too. So they had the markings of of initiations, and and uh, and were speaking in their own language when they went talking to me and. It was real 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 eye for me and and but i felt nothing but welcome and then a few years later i was i was in alice springs again i was doing a gig up there with a, an australian comedian and for some reason i had to catch a taxi somewhere and i i walked up to the taxi rank and there were some aboriginal people in the in the shelter like a bus shelter but it was for people catching a taxi and i worked out my place in the queue so there was about four of them and they were before me or either all together or whatever and there was no taxis there they were just coming and um the, the first taxi that came came at the same time as this 60 year old redneck walked up to the taxi rank as well and he just walked straight up to the taxi and opened his door and I said hey mate, they're before me and then I'm next he just turned around and told me to get effed and got in the taxi and walked off and and I looked at them and um, and they just shrugged their shoulders and I didn't understand the significance of that was because there was no way that they could have stood up to him because then um. You know, if the taxi, was, if he'd said to the taxi driver, "Just hang around, just wait there for a minute," I'm going to go knock this guy's teeth out. He would have, and he would have got away with it, because because you, you could just it was the ice was in the air. You know, like I I did, I said to him um, what anybody would have said to anybody in any, in most other parts of the world except he uh wasn't part of that world His Mm -hmm. his world was he's on top he's always going to be on top and uh whatever uh whatever you've got to say is completely insignificant to 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 me because i'm i'm on top you know anyway that mm-hmm. was, and, and that was just one thing. And, you know, I also be- remember being in Catherine and um, that they, they had bars where white people didn't go. And this is only in the um, uh, early 90s. <clears throat> this is the first time I went. And, uh, and they said, you, my friends would say, don't go into that bar, that's a black bar. Don't go in, don't walk down that street and don't do this, and don't do that. And so I did it all. And um, nothing ever happened to me. I was welcomed. No one ever asked me for money. No one ever asked for anything. I just wanted to know about my mum and dad, and my family, and where I was from. And I remember saying, I'm from originally from a place called Werribee. And, and they said, it sounds like blackflower. black flower. Black flower word. And I said, well, it is. Uh, and unfortunately I knew what it meant but it didn't. <coughs> wasn't the same word in their language um, so yeah, that's where those are the kind of stories that um, informed that song you yeah. asked me about 20 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm bigger than wound, and lovely as hell
0: you sent me your sickness, but you didn't get well. Class man, because I mean, even even um, like twenty, god, 20, 20 years ago, t- telling people like this, this should be like the, the, the unofficial national anthem for Australia, and and, and of course it's it's uh, it's true about almost every country that England touched
1: yeah but they're not touching us now and we're still doing it you know america doesn't have slavery official slavery anymore either then it's hundreds of years old and i don't know how long it is but since it's been banned but it's still still as uh, ripe as what it was yeah yeah when they when they had change around their necks you
2: sent me a sickness but you didn't get So you cut
0: all that blue even this past two weeks now i I still haven't been brave enough to watch the the George Floyd video yet, but I know I have to at some stage and, and uh and start to, it's just i feel like at the minute I have a lot to sort of deal with. i- feel, I feel like I'm quite vulnerable at the minute, never mind with the lock lockdown and all that sort of stuff that I think it's something to that which just
1: but that's a that, that's a beautiful insight Matt that you know what you're going to see is going to um. You know touch your heart and make you cry like it did me um you know i remember i before i hit play i don't know whether i watched it on facebook or whatever it was but i remember thinking do i want to watch yeah. this because i know what's going to happen um and do i want to watch a man die like that and uh um but i did i'm glad i did because it, it um some of the things he said were profound. You know, wasn't the actions of, of the 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 criminal that was uh, that the the man that was killing him, crying out for his mother. You know, I I remember hearing old timers who'd been in trenches in World War One. You know, saying that um, the same thing that young men who were scared and uh, and or dying or about to go over the over the top of the trenches were crying out for their mothers, and that's exactly what he was. Do- you know, one of the things he said was, "Mama, Mama," you know. And his mum was dead. His mum's dead. But he was, he, that's that's. So he knew. He knew what was happening mm-hmm. to him. He wasn't like he was. And looking for a, with the words to get him out of it. He knew that he was he was um, being killed.
2: He's got the world on his shoulders. Luckily, it's round. He can twirl it on his finger. Roll it away along the ground But he's old enough to know that It always turns around comes back Cause if it stayed away forever He'd be living in the clouds And that's no place for a youngster With a million miles to go I think he'd like to see tomorrow Without having to grow Never gonna fall down again Never gonna fall down again
1: started writing this song which I haven't been able to finish uh, everyone that ever hurt you and everyone you hurt it's still somewhere in your heart and there's not enough dirt to bury that pain it only sleeps you got to dig it up again and let it speak um, so I hope I finish that one
2: one day Get to step aside But mostly they will catch you Hit you where you cry Every warning's like a whistle Swallowed by the sky Never gonna fall down again Never gonna fall fall down again Never, never, never gonna fall down
1: again Mm. And the next bit is Everyone that ever loved you, and everyone you ever loved, still somewhere in this world, below or above. Maybe just a memory, or you still get to talk, or did you miss the only chance you ever had? Because you thought you'd lie low, and think some other time, and dig a hole all the way to China in a straight line. Did you lie low and dig and dig and dig? But some things just won't be buried because they're just too big. was listening to I'm not sure how you say it, Liam Amma, uh, Alamani, the guy yes, at Hot House yes. Flowers. Yeah, I was listening to him singing the song in Irish uh today and uh um I had no idea what the song was about but it was a traditional song and and some guy in the comments uh, explained the song and and uh he uh, it was a, it was a song about a wife um Feeding her husband a, a poison eel, poisoned eel to kill him, and he was laying dying. And I think um, the song was about him uh, on his deathbed, and uh, and the guy, this is the same guy that interpreted the song for all of us who didn't understand the, what the song was about, was saying that it was perfect the way that he did it because it was a, was a really really sad song. But it was the song that not you would that you you wouldn't sing it to make people feel sad. You would you would sing it to help them get through it and to make sense of it and and to you know look forward to the next song in our lives. And yeah, I, I wish I could tell you what the song was um, so everyone could go and listen to it. But it was really beautiful, and, and I think. Um, there were some other famous Irish people playing in it as well, but they they um insist on using their Irish names now, so they, I don't <laughs> know <laughs> Be- because because the English aren't in control
0: anymore. <laughs> anyway, that's not my that's not my story at all. None of it's my story. If it was to play a song at the end that meant, I don't know. That just either you thought was fitting, or that that one that maybe that people haven't heard, or people haven't heard as much as you would have liked them to have heard. The sort of maybe the you know what what tune would you pick?
1: Whenever anybody asks me that, it's like hearing my mother say um, something like. Uh, well, I had five boys, and um, none of them are special. They're all the same to me, you know. None, none, not one of them is more special. And it's the same with the songs, you know. And and my choice is going to be a fan's last choice. And uh, I, the only way I can kind of answer it, there's there's some songs that I'm probably a little bit more proud of because. Uh, I'm, I love the way it ended up on the record or it's got those, that three parts or it's got that guitar thing happening, mm-hmm. something chords that, like, the beginning of Scrap, like you say, even though I've never thought that there was any anything real important about that. Um, but, yeah, I guess it does introduce a song like, well, you, as soon as you hear it, you know, that, that's the song. It's the same as... um. The intro to Down Every Street... simple but uh, you know i like to think that if anybody heard that they'd know the song straight away yeah, and yeah, yeah. similar to you know like they have those quizzes in the pubs or whatever and where they play two seconds three seconds of a song um and you, you depending on what era mm-hmm. you know uh, you know like all those songs i listened to in my bed when i was a kid to my, my brothers were playing i would know You know, you'd even know if they played a little bit out of the middle eight or something like that, you'd just know. Yeah. um, uh, I hate to think what the quizzes are going to be like in (laughs) 20, 30 years. (laughs) 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 They'll still be playing songs from the 60s and 70s. Big enough. Because no one one will remember, there will be no hooks like, that don't sound like anything else. But I don't know, Down Every Street, but it's a pretty long song. Um, I really like The Bend. No one seems to listen to that on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Ben's um, song. and 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 be, be, bigger than England or or scrap. Um, I don't know. Too many to choose from. I'll just leave it up to you, Matt. <laughs> it's your show.
0: <laughs> well, um, on, yeah. a, on an official note anyway, I have to say, uh, David Haskin, thank you very much for, for being on CEO Jurors and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you oh thank you Matt for asking me
2: well I walk a fine line every day And there's no right time for some things I say But I took some chances And look what I've gotten And I did it my way I should have Eyes for the blind And words for the deaf Cause I don't deserve mine All senses have lived well, I walked a thousand miles And climb the mountains if it hadn't been done. And sail the oceans just to prove there's more. And set in motion the idle Eyes for the blind and words for the deaf Cause I don't deserve mine, all senses of laid I'd be riding On a dream Called destiny We could be hiding Cause we got on board For free All kinds of everything Traveling in style But here comes The ticket man Moving down the aisle With eyes for the blind And words for the different I don't deserve mine All senses of love eyes for the blind And words for the because I don't deserve mine All senses of love